Hello and welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry. And over the years, a few people here and there have asked me if I was ever going to make some merch for this podcast. And guess what I did? So I've mashed together all the cute little chick logos from over the years that this podcast has had into one super ultra cute chick logo. And I have slapped that on t-shirts and mugs and tote bags and stickers. So if you are one of the few people who have been itching to get some animation industry podcast merch, then check out the link in the description of this chat to get some for yourself. This week I am chatting with Alastair Nichols, a claymation animator from the UK who runs Smile at the Moon Studios. In our chat he shares how he went from living in a houseboat after school, trying to pursue his animation dreams, to figuring out how to land enough creative work to be able to open a studio on land, and then working with clients like Nickelodeon and musical artists like Felix the First and Far Caspian. Alistair has a really interesting journey of pursuing something that you are passionate about no matter what. So I hope you enjoy this chat. Now let's jump in. Hello, Ali. How how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm a bit nervous now. But oh no, be, why? Because <laughs> I'm sure we'll be fine. You're gonna be great. You know, it's uh, funny thing you told me before I hit record was uh, you've heard my voice for so many hours and and now you're talking to me live how does that feel <laughs> it, it's nice it's nice it's like you've been living in my ears for so long and now you're kind of real wow like i've birthed you and you're kind of you know you're real well so, i hope i live up to your expectations because i <laughs> i don't know i'm a very real person uh i've never heard your voice before so i have so so I have nothing to expect from you. So maybe that'll take away your nerves. I don't know. Yeah, fingers crossed. It is strange though. Like I've heard you for so many hours in my ears on the podcast and uh, I keep forgetting that this is live. I keep forgetting that it's actually you like really there. Um, I mean, we all live in a simulation anyways. Is there any is there any burning questions you you, you, you want to ask me or or like... I don't know that you've you've heard my voice for so long and now here we are talking live and it's it's real or you just want to go with the flow and we'll see what's up are you doing sequel to silly duck wizards maybe a movie or a musical nice i can't say anything publicly so i'm not gonna say anything publicly about that (laughs) nice but i would love i would love if silly duck wizard had uh, a lot more content let's just say that yeah you could you know like tiny chef yeah you know, t- yeah like that kind of vibe like if I it was something that. yeah yeah i love the journey tiny chef went on too and now you know it's a whole show with celebrities and multiple characters and and merchandise and uh yeah yeah, I guess I didn't really. Hmm, Tiny Chef kind of started like an organic thing, and then you know, uh, Ra- Rachel Larson, I think, is the cr- creator of Tiny Chef. She just yeah. kept. I, I hope. I hope somebody somebody can <laughs> uh, write me and tell me I'm uh, if I'm wrong. But uh, I remember just like kind of popping up on my feed and kept popping up, and there was like so much all at once, and it, you know, just like fall in love with it instantly. Uh, and with Silly Duck Wizard, I just created the one thing and let that go wild. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I immediately turned it into a pitch and was pitching it at, at pitching competitions, et cetera, et cetera. And then I signed with a, a production company and then I, you know, I haven't, nothing's been made since basically that's, that's the story. <clears throat> I, I think it would do really well. I think it's really sweet. It has that tiny chef kind of tactile vibe to it. Yeah. 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 I'd work I mean, on it. If you did a series, hire me. I'll do it free. Okay. I'm going to quote you on that. He's, I just looked it up. It is Rachel Larson. I was correct. Great. Um, great. I'm going to hire you to do all of my work for free from now on. Great. Um, <laughs> silly Duck Wizard beside, I want to talk about you and your claymation journey, which I think is quite incredible. I love that you're doing you're pretty much only doing claymation i think is that correct i mean some puppet stuff in between and like i know you've you've like made props and things for films but like what is you know if 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 ali was given unlimited resources audience uh time uh mental energy what is it that you would be creating Um, I mean, probably like claymation plus yeah. scene. Claymation. So you're already, do, you're already doing what you would be doing if you had $5 billion. That's a great answer. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but I, I, like this year and like the end of last year, I've been doing more, uh, like a more variety of different stuff. Like mm -hmm. I did a, a directed a music video last year that was live action. Um, and it does, I'm doing like oil on glass animation, um, like mixed in with it. And I uh, did another music video, I finished it last week, which doesn't have any, it's stop motion, but it's with wooden, with this guy, a wooden kind of fabric-y thing. Like a mime um, person, kind of? Yeah, but it, there's no plot scene at all, which is a lovely change. Like oh. animated plot scene is such a pain sometimes, man. I'm sure you know, like you, you get it. So um, like for me, the pain comes from always having to like put an armature inside and like for it to hold itself up. And then when you move the clay, the clay will move and the armature won't. And then you have to like bend the wire inside and redo the clay. And then it falls, the whole thing falls over anyways, and then melts under the lights. And then... <laughs> But it is the fact, I don't know, I find it, the, I haven't done claymation in such a long time. That's actually how I got started. But I found it the fastest way to like export my brain ideas, like creative characters so fast and just do like a very simple thing and and like a little monologue and then that's it. Completely. It is. It is it really is. It's why it's so good, I think, for like children and for people who haven't done slow motion before because it's so instinctive. Yeah. You don't have to be good at drawing you don't have to be good at computers you don't have to be good at any of that stuff it's like everyone loves to play with plasticine I wonder, it, if there's, I wonder if there's like a study that's been done on like our brain psychology on how like our hands are perfect for like forming and molding like clay somehow like it's just natural I think yeah I mean it might be like some prehistoric thing when we played with like um, you know, some kind of dinosaur poo or something. But it, it is a natural thing, though. 
I, I, I don't know what that is about. I mean, I'm doing it now. I'm fiddling with. You're literally. <laughs> I mean, like I'm like squishing my chin. You're like squishing some clay. Like it's a thing. It's totally a thing. I mean, like I I don't know. I grew up all like in in like grade school. My teachers on my report cards would always be like. Terry, well, they used to call me TJ because my middle name is Jonathan. TJ, TJ, Terry Jonathan. That's very cool, TJ. That's cool. Yeah, I don't know. When I I <clears throat> I I thought it was not cool when I was a kid, and I was like, TJ doesn't sound very grown up, so I want to go by Terry. But now TJ sounds cooler. Uh, so like, but my report cards would always be like, he's fidgeting all the time. He's like playing with stuff. Like you can't keep him still. He's always like, and like now it's my career. So screw you, grade school teachers. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a, it's just a natural thing. Um, I wanted to ask you, how are you involved in so many different creative endeavors? Because like, mm, you know, the saying like work gets more work or whatever, like you do one thing and then that gets noticed and you get more of that thing. But you just told me you, you directed a live action music video, which is completely different than sitting by yourself for 40 hours straight, making teeth out of clay move, you know, like, <laughs> So how do you, how do you, how do people are like, you know, we need a director for a music video. You know who we should call up that clay guy, Ali, like, how does that happen? And also like, you know, you're also making props for short films. You're doing claymation short films. You're doing spots for, for like short, short films and Nickelodeon and blah, blah, blah. Like you're doing a, a bunch of different stuff. Um, well, the live action thing was a friend of mine. Uh, a friend of mine is in the band and, um, they were just looking for a music video and I wanted to re like do more live action stuff and do more stuff away from Plantocene and uh, it was just good timing really hmm. um, yeah I mean it's similar to the prop making stuff it's it's just kind of uh, who you know really um, you know like I made some masks out of paper mache and things for the short film and that was just because I knew someone involved with it and they were looking for someone. Uh, yeah, it's it's just, uh, and also lying a lot. Not a lot, not a lot. A enough. Bit. Yeah, enough. Like sometimes a little white lie here and there. It's like, yeah, I've done this before when you haven't. So like somebody's like, can you, we need, we need paper mache masks. And you've like, you're like never done paper mache. And you're like, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I paper mache, I do every day. All the time, I love it. <laughs> don't lie loads, though. Like, I don't so, but what if they're like, "Show me some of your work," and you're like, "Oh, I do it every day, but I never take pictures." Yeah, come by can. in a week. I'm open next yeah. week in my apartments. You can come by and see them. It is that, yeah. You just have to go. Yeah, I'll, I'll show them to you in a bit. Yeah, but it is you, you do kind of have to, uh, you know, not lie, but no, no. I do. You, do you? Yeah. So for me, like. In my imagination, I guess, or my mind, I already know if I can and can cannot accomplish something with the skills that I know. Like, like I've never made paper mache masks myself, but if somebody asked me to, I'd be like, of course, yeah, I can do that. And then I would just figure it out. But if somebody's like, hey, can you code me uh, a software that tracks mm, uh, Elon Musk's uh, uh, plane, I'd be like... It, in my mind, I'd be like, I have no clue how to do this. And I'm not going to say yes, because it's going to be way too hard for me to figure out. Like, does this happen to you too? Where you're like, okay, this I can figure this thing out. So I'm just going to say I can do it. Uh, yeah, sometimes. Like I did a music video 
with uh, this guy, that little fella. Yeah. Um, and I did a lot of uh, like green screen stuff and stuff with uh, in After Effects. It was like a 3D camera within After Effects and you separate the layers and make a 3D camera. And the music video had a really, really short deadline. And I kind of didn't really know how to do it, but I thought, well, it can't be too difficult. Turns out it was. <laughs> I was just was gonna insane. say. <laughs> but like YouTube, YouTube is just a gold mine. Like if, if I'm ever stuck of anything, it's just the internet. Yeah. Is always you know. And now you have that skill in your your repertoire, if you can call it that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Interesting. So your a lot of your work uh, that you've done recently has come from people in your immediate network that you know. A friend who has a band wants a music video, and of course they would call you up because you're the creative guy that's done music videos before. Uh, another person, she's working on a short film. She needs masks. Hey, I know that guy who makes puppet stuff all the time. He's probably a good fit. But like, what what about stuff for like Nickelodeon or like Felix the First or like you know, you've done some bigger client things that I'm assuming you just, you aren't like friends with the Nickelodeon team to get a spot there. Like how, how does stuff like that happen when, when you're just like, I don't know, making stuff that's fun and cool. It's it. Well, the Nickelodeon thing happened. Uh, I think the majority of it really just happened because of Instagram. Hmm. Um, because you know, I post a lot of stuff on Instagram. Yeah, and a lot of followers too. Like, yeah, I think you're at lucky. like sixty thousand or something. It's ridiculous. It's just scare. It scares me. You know what I'm saying? Like all those eyes. It's not nice. Why does it scare you? Well, because it's like when I'm making stuff, it's like I forget people are going to see it. Like I just make it how I want to do it, and then I okay. forget and I post it. It's like oh. I just kind of forget people are actually going to end up seeing it. Um, but yeah, the Nickelodeon thing was, uh, I sent a message to the director, Max, because I'd seen some other work he'd done on Instagram. And I just put, you know, I really love your stuff. You're brilliant. Um, Max. Max. Uh, okay. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, unfortunately. It's okay. But he's he's brilliant. And uh, yeah, and we followed each other and we started talking. And then like a month later, I got an email from the producer saying, Max is working on this project. He needs some claymation. Do you want to do it? Um, and it's, it's like the Felix, the first thing was I did some animation for this director um, for a music video he was doing. And then he did another music video and they spoke to him and asking if he knew anybody that did claymation and he told them about me and that's how that happened so it's a mixture of like word of mouth and people just seeing stuff online i suppose i think it's really interesting that i mean that's incredible that you know how you've gotten these opportunities and you've done amazing work with them i think it's interesting that you uh because how am I saying this? There's so many people actively trying to build audiences on social media and like, you know, trying to do things that are popular, get more eyeballs. Uh, they're constantly worried about what people are going to think. And they're building stuff that they think is going to be attractive to get more eyes. 
But it sounds like you're uh, living like the pure artist for the arts, uh, like mindset where you're like, I want to do this for the, uh, for like myself and like creating what I want to create, I guess. And then the eyes are just coming. Yeah, it is like that, really. Dang. Um, I know it does sound kind of selfish to like say that I just make stuff for myself, but it is kind of true. It's like, you know, I mean, it's kind of different for commissioned stuff or stuff I'm directing because it's what someone else wants. That's kind of a different. But for like stuff on Instagram and some stuff I've directed, it's like I just kind of do whatever I want to see or like whatever I like and whatever I want to do and put it out there. And if people connect with it, then that's great. And if they don't, then that's fine as well. It's like, it's just as long as I'm happy with it, that's all that really matters. Because I don't want to be in a position where I'm sort of changing how I'm thinking about things and how I'm making things in order to fit a certain demographic or a certain if, if like if something's popular or whatever i kind of want to just do whatever i want to do yeah. like i make something you know like by committee and end up with a like a marvel type film or like a sequel and prequel and do you know what i mean like films are obviously 100%, yeah by a group of people yeah yeah i feel i feel this very very similarly and i have this worry in my mind that like i feel very fortunate that i've been able to get the opportunities that i have but i have this worry in my mind that if i stop getting opportunities that that like you know maybe i go for a long time where i don't have opportunities then i'm going to have to change what i'm doing artistically to try to attract new opportunities because like for me in my story like i quit my previous career that was going well and i could have you know stayed there for the rest of my life and so like in my mind like i gave up all that to pursue my love for like animation and art and i don't want to cross the path where i'm like now i'm doing this uh purely to get work uh because then i would just go back to my other life so i totally understand that but like have you thought about like what happens if you stop getting opportunities and like now you have to like support yourself uh, in ways that you didn't have to before using your art? I suppose it's more, uh, not really. It's more like, you know, the reason why I'm doing, trying to do more live action stuff and do stuff without plasticine and do like oil paint animation is I'm, I kind of realized that, oh, I want to do more than just plasticine. Like I want to, hmm. See, I love plasticine. Plasticine's great. It's it's brilliant. Yeah. But I want to do other stuff as well. And because my thought process is, is that if I can do other stuff, live action stuff, different types of animation, then I'll always have work to fall back on. And I'll be able to take what I use from those different mediums and totally. put them in stop motion or, you know, whatever it is. Um, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I'm wondering, you know, like, what is your work life balance kind of like? Because for me, like right now, I find because I'm like working full time and I have been for mm, almost two years, I guess, on, at the same video game company, uh, which has been amazing. And I, I I feel like super fortunate and everything. And I love what I'm doing. But I haven't I haven't done any personal 
work within that amount of time. Like I just find that like when the day's over and I'm doing this podcast on the side and I have other things on the side, and blah, 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 I just don't have enough mental capacity to do my own creative work. Whereas like in my past career, all I, like all of my free time that I, you know, I was, I was waking up extra early every morning to do creative stuff. Cause I just had to like put it out there. So like, what, how are you managing, you know, trying a new oil painting animation and working on like a live action music video? Like, how is that time management for you? Um, well, I think it's kind of difficult when you do what you love as a job, because I mean, obviously, you know, I'm in a very privileged position to be able to do that. Um, and I, I like, I still can't really believe it, to be honest with you. Um, but it it's difficult because, you know, before I did it full time, it was my hobby. But now I do it for a living. It's also my hobby. Right. So I I just kind of do it all the time. Um, I have well, days off. But like for, I guess what I'm saying is like, you're not being paid to do like a, a new experimental type of animation that you're trying out, right? Like you're doing that on your own time, right? Yeah. So are you like working full time during the day and then doing cool animation projects at night? Or are you like, I have a month off from projects right now. I'm going to try something new. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like, like today I was making models for a, a like commission that I'm doing at the minute. Um, and then in the evening, I've been oil painting and doing those sorts of things. Uh, yeah, I think it's because, you know, being freelance, I kind of have to take every job that I can. Um, if I could, yeah, I'd love to be able to say, no, I'm not working for a month. I'm going to do what I want, but I can't. Um, yeah. yeah. Having said that, um, I'm doing a sh like i've been storyboarding and writing a short film stop motion film oh. um and i'm talking with a producer and we're going to try and get funding this year so um yeah that's amazing is the producer somebody you know in your network or is it somebody you've like scouted out yeah i just scouted him out i just uh just been on the lookout for someone and oh. uh he's done sort of stop motion short filmy stuff before and funding stuff interesting um, because like that that is very interesting to me because i have my own short film ideas but like my mind immediately is just like i have to self-fund it like who's going to pay me to make these crazy wacky weird things that people people normally don't understand my stuff when it's on paper it has to like be produced for the like it when they watch it they're like oh i get it now <laughs> like for instance the silly duck wizard like i showed a couple of people that in progress <laughs> and stuff and the reactions I got was like, no, th this doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, this is not good. <laughs> I was like, just wait, just wait. <laughs> so like, how, like, I think it's interesting that you're going the producer route and that like, so you just found somebody that has produced short films before and you're like, Hey, I have an idea. Do you want to team up? And they're like, sure. Pretty much like he, wow. he, produced a feature film and got funding for it from somewhere and uh <laughs> yeah and I saw it and it was great and I, I just sent him a message um and he lives kind of ish locally sort of not really um and yeah I mean the funding is it could potentially be through the BFI wow. because sure, they do this funding thing apparently 
uh, yeah. So, so that'll be a nice chance for me to be able to do, you know, take two months off commissions and just focus on doing a short claymation wow. film. Wow. That's so, this is, uh, I love that. That's amazing to me. It's never really, Hmm. I feel like in my mind, I'd be too scared to reach out to a random producer and be like, hi, I want to make something. <laughs> did you, did you feel any fear in that? Did you like go through like a hundred contacts before like, like it just kind of happened and they were like, yeah, of course I like your work. Uh, not particularly because I mean, the worst thing he could say is no, or just right. ignore it. So it's like, and it's not like he's going to go around my house and beat me up or anything. So Can you imagine it, if that was a possibility of you reaching out to somebody by email? <laughs> they could either say no or come and beat you up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be scared then. If that happens, I'd be scared, yeah. Um, but no, it's like sometimes, you you know, you've just got to do these things. And I was just lucky that um, he, he, you know, he's just a lovely bloke and has done funding things before and done stuff for BFI before and uh it's you know it's nice to be able to take what I've learned from doing commissions and music videos and stuff yeah um VFI that that's what visual film oh, yeah British Film Institute ah oh oh British Film Institute right 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 makes sense yeah, yeah they fund it we have the NFB here in in Canada it's it's very I think it's different but it's similar I guess they produce films as well i guess is it more like a grant like you you just like they send you the money or do you have to produce it with them no they just send you money um great and boy you have to do this whole right this application whole process yeah yeah so it'd be more like an art grant we have a bunch of art grants here i feel like i feel like the yeah. u.s doesn't have those and then europe and canada we're we're a little bit more blessed with with uh funding for short films and animation Oh, you should go for it, man. You should do Silly Duck Wizard or a sequel, like Silly Duck Wizard in Space or something. I already I already applied to all the grants last year and got rejected from all of them. Selfish. <laughs> uh, Selfish. Unfortunately. So that's not great. It's I, I feel like my like at least for the grants in Ontario and Toronto and Canada, you have to meet certain criteria. And it, like it's I feel like it's a little bit more unspoken criteria. Like is your project uh, bringing forward like a, a diverse, like culturally relevant uh, message? Uh, like, it is it uh, like impactful, somewhat politically, or something like that? Not politically, but like, you know, what some something like cultural versus like I just want to make some crazy sh short film that I think is gonna uh, stand out and and uh anyway anyways is it like that in in the uk as well where like the well, things that get funded are typically more things that you know are culturally mm, like playing to not in a bad way but like you know uh bringing out minority voices or like uh backgrounds or things like that well they are but i don't know if i should really say it but you kind of have to twist what you're doing to fit like if it's if they say oh you know we're looking for short films that involve the community you have to go oh what a coincidence my film um it's about this but it's a metaphor for this and it involves the community so i think that's the plan is just to try and 
under the guise of metaphors um yes sort of make mm. it what they're going for and then just make something weird and kooky out plaster thing i mean i guess i didn't metaphor my my applications <laughs> enough um yeah, yeah that's I what mean... computers are for man that's why you need a uh that's why i'm so blessed with yeah you just need someone you should yeah. reach out email people because like i yeah. do I know a lot of people from this podcast, the, you know, 200 and something episodes. <laughs> okay. well, you, could fund it. you could do like a sponsored, um, you could do a sponsored thing or Kickstarter. Have you tried Kickstarter and stuff like that? I have not. I'm too afraid like of failure. And like, I, I just have to put my, my mind to it really, I think. And I haven't, I haven't quite done that yet. Um, yeah. It's, you know, it's 2024 now. Maybe I should make some resolutions to to do these things. So I'm also planning out what I'm going to be doing the rest of the year. And maybe making a short film is is one of the things on my serious mind. So, yeah, Kickstarter. Yeah. <laughs> I have friends that have done Kickstarters and they've been successful. So at least I can reach out to them and ask for tips and things. But yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe I, maybe I will. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I think you should, man. It's like, you know, the stuff is, Kickstarter is there to be used. And the worst that can happen is you don't make any money. And it's like, well, at least you tried it. Do you know what I mean? At least you had a go. Right. Um, I mean, I don't give you money to do it myself. In my mind, like having a go and failing is worse than not trying at all for some reason. Like, I don't know if it's like a reputation thing or an ego thing, but there's like something to unpack for me somewhere that says like, I have to either, you know, be wildly successful or not even bother, <laughs> which is bad. <laughs> well, I mean, I think a lot of people have that. I think it's the same as, uh, you know, like when people want to create something, if they want to paint or draw yeah. or make music or do photography it's like oh i'm not going to try it because it'll be bad and it's like well if you've never done it before you probably will be bad yes but you will be bad 100 percent. It, it's like when picasso started he was probably shit when he, do you know what i mean yeah and it's yeah you just well, he wasn't to... even he wasn't even good as a what like a naturalist or realist painter he gave up on that because he wasn't getting any attention for his work until he tried going the abstract route so yeah, he wasn't even good when he was good. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 you know, that's the thing. It's like, I think when you make anything, you just have to understand that some of it probably won't be any good. But the more you do it, and it's like if you want to learn how to draw, if you do 15 minutes a day for a month, you'll be better at, by the end of that month than if you wouldn't have done anything at all. Right. I guess. I guess I also feel like, I don't want to, I don't want to put something out there and like, you know, uh, email everybody I know, talk about it on the podcast, get all my connections and if it's a fail and then like try again and just become the guy who like, uh, I mean, this is all speculative and it's like a pessimistic glass half empty way of thinking, but then become known as like the person that like, you know, they, they are, they're always trying and it never goes anywhere. And, and like, you know, I know some people in my life that you're, they're always trying and trying and trying and they never like really get anywhere. And you kind of get used to 
like seeing them always kind of like trying the next thing and you're like well it's it is it's it's okay but it's not great you know what i mean like i don't want to i don't want to go that route myself so when i yeah. when i do put my mind to something i take it like so seriously like even like getting into animation school like i was like it was a complete secret of everybody in my life except for you know my family and friends or whatever but like i was getting tutoring three times a week i was practicing every night i was blah 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 and like then i got in and the rest is history but like do you you don't feel like this at all you're telling me well i i do like when i when i first started doing stop motion uh at uni um i like i loved making the things i loved plasticine i loved painting i loved doing all that but the actual animation i was kind of scared to do it because i wasn't very good and i'm still not very good but i was worse if that's possible and it it kind of stopped me from from doing it properly but then after a while i thought well i might as well just try and practice because i'm never going to get anywhere you know so i i do get it but I, I, you know i've i've kind of i don't really care if people think it's good or not mm -hmm. i don't know if that's a thing or not i don't know but um as, just as long as i'm happy with what i'm making interesting I don't really so then why why uh i mean i love that way i wish I, I could take that part of your brain and like into my brain but like why post anything online or whatnot if 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 uh you kind of are afraid of people seeing it and don't really you say you don't care you know well it that whole social media thing really started as a way to get work yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I knew that was the answer before I asked it. <laughs> yeah, because like when I first started, um, while I was I was still at uni in like the second year uh, of uni, and um, you know I had a like a DSLR camera and a laptop, and I used to make short things on my desk in my student accommodation, and uh, just post them on Instagram. Um, and that's how it really started, just to get work and just to kind of get my stuff, you know, out there. Um, and uh, it's mad. It's mad. Like, I never thought growing up that I'd be doing what I'm doing now. I feel just very blessed and very uh, lucky. It's, it's yeah. And it is partly, as much as I hate social media, it was partly due to social media, really. Yeah. Um, but I think it's the same for a lot of creatives and artists. Oh, totally, yeah. Well, congratulations. I mean, that's amazing. So before you started uni, what was the aim uh, with your career traje trajectory, I guess? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, growing up, when I was younger, younger, when I was a nipper, um, I always loved Wallace and Gromit and yeah. animation, stop motion, my granddad and my gran used to do stop motion as a hobby um, on Super 8. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's mad. It's ridiculous. They what? had a film <laughs> camera and they used to, uh, in the winters, because it was cold in the evenings, they'd set up Super 8 film camera on their kitchen table and make sets out of cardboard, make things out of cardboard, and do like, uh, they did Cinderella and like Guy Fawkes. Wow. And, um, yeah, and then they project them 
for like the family and for all of us to watch. Uh, yeah, and it's obviously That's incredible. magical. I don't know how they learn how to do it. I don't know how they got into that at all. Not at all. But, uh, you know, You need growing to preserve up... those uh, those those films. You need to get them off Super 8 and onto something digital. Yeah, we have, I've got a uh, USB stick with them on, and they're on DVD as well. You need something more stable than a USB stick. <laughs> I do. But it's beautiful. Like, growing up watching that was so magical. <laughs> Like a magic trick. Do you know what I mean? Well, I'm sure I you know. understand. I exactly know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think because, you know, my grandparents were doing it, I was like, okay, it's, it's possible. Like watching Wallace and Gromit seems... so complex and so difficult to do but you know because they were doing it it seems possible although it is hard it's a pain in the art <laughs> um but yeah So then, like yeah so then you went to uni and you started making little clay animation films in your in your residence and posting them online and you just started getting work and here we are yeah kind of like i, I used to make short films with a friend of mine uh called Ryan. Hello, Ryan. And Harry, if you're watching. Hello. hi ryan and harry <laughs> Hello. And yes, we used to make short films. And then I went to uni and decided to do animation. Uh, and the course wasn't very good, to be honest. Um, so I didn't really go into uni much. I just kind of stayed in my dorm room and did uh, things. So experimented with animation and plasticine and things. Uh, yeah. And then when I was going to leave uni, it was like, well, I can either get a job, like a real job, or try and do this animation thing. Uh, and I went for that. And, um, yeah, it was, it was tough, man. Yeah. The Wait, first what was of your, my, what was your real job? oh, I didn't, Oh, you didn't. oh, Oh, I didn't, oh, you didn't no. go for the real job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just decided to get, <laughs> to, Trying to do stop motion instead, which like I was obviously younger then and didn't have any responsibilities or anything, so you know, um, yeah. I mean, I responsibilities mean, it was are just made up things anyways. <laughs> Uh, true, it's very true. well, <laughs> some of them are, I guess. Okay, so what made it so tough coming out of university and deciding not to get a real, a real job, quote unquote, because like, you know, it's even tough to get a real job, but you decided I'm going to, I'm going to keep making claymations until I can pay my rent type of thing. Yeah, pretty much. Um, at that time, I was in London and uh, I was living on a houseboat because if you live on a houseboat, you don't have to pay rent. So It's like that here too. it's great, man. You were living It's great. on a houseboat. That sounds uh, awesome and terrible. It was both of those combined. Yeah. What's the worst thing about living on a houseboat? I'm assuming it's like plumbing or something. Um... uh a few i mean there's a the, you know the houseboat was kind of falling apart there was a time when uh the engine cut out and i was stranded in the middle of a canal another time where i had to push the boat like the boat got stuck so i had to jump out and push it uh the electricity stopped working so i didn't Wait, have wait, any wait, electricity wait. How heavy or big is this boat that you can jump out and push it? um, it was like what 25 foot 30 foot something like that um 
And yeah, you can just that, push that by paddling yourself in the water? I, I mean, a little bit. Not all the way. Just like a, a heave. And then I had to jump on. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. But it was just so I could do stop motion, really. It's because, you know. Wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me your first like stop motions came from a houseboat? Oh, no, no. I, I did try to animate on the houseboat. I tried, but I couldn't get enough power because I had solar panels, so I couldn't <laughs> get enough power. For the um, lights and the camera and the computer and everything going yeah. all at once, it just didn't work. But also, yeah. like, this this rocking back and forth, I guess, of the <laughs> sets. I think yeah. I, I, <laughs> I wish you had because that would have just been... I would have gone back and immediately and tried to figure out which animation you made from a houseboat. Yeah, that would have been great marketing. Like that would have been great, you know. Yeah, you could be Houseboat Studios. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, well, I had a, uh, a proper indoor, you know, studio, um, not on the water. And uh, it it was, yeah. And I did everything from there um, when I started. But it was like, you know, in the first few months, I made like 50 quid and... It was difficult, you know, I just constantly emailing people, posting work, yeah. looking for work. Um, but slowly, you know, the job started to come in and be more regular. Uh, but it was a slow, old, painful process. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that makes total sense. It's, it sucks. I'm sorry. What, just to finish this thread, what is the best thing about living on a houseboat? Um, just loads of I loved it it was yeah. like waking up like in the morning and just seeing a swan just chilling just a swan doing washing up and seeing like ducks and shit lovely really really sweet um, yeah it's very freeing really freeing because you're not tied to anything you don't have to worry about you know uh, anything you can just sail off and uh, yeah I had a shower and a kitchen and a bed and a toilet and uh wow. yeah i advise it you should give so it you a could just be like i'm going upstream to whatever city and dock there for the day yeah i mean like, i always stay in london but you could potentially do that yeah wow wow i don't even know where to begin to get a houseboat i mean here they've they have really fancy houseboats in toronto like uh I, I don't even know if i could afford one <laughs> it's probably just as much as the house okay so you you moved on to dry land <laughs> and uh you were emailing everybody you could think of you made 50 dollars for a couple months and then was yeah. there like a switch or was it like a slow like then you made a hundred dollars for a couple months then you made three hundred dollars for a couple of months then then you're making rent like yeah uh, there was really um it you know I, I kind of made i forced myself to post on social media and make something new every couple of days yeah so i post something and then have to come up with an idea and make it and the next day post something new um and like forcing myself to do that obviously the gods of YouTube, no YouTube, gods of Instagram algorithm, love that stuff. I don't even. Are you even on YouTube? I tried to find you on YouTube, and I, I could not. No, I don't do that sort of thing. No. Um, 
but yeah, uh, uh, and it kind of was a gradual thing. Like the jobs just started to get more regular, and the clients started to get better. Um, yeah. Are you still are you still cold emailing a lot of people all the time, or like frequently, or there's enough word of mouth and enough follow up jobs and enough stuff that it's it's more stable now. It is. It's more stable now. Um, I'm with an agency, so that helps a lot. I was going to ask you because I had suspicions that you were under representation for some things. Um, so how did how did you how did you get with an agency? I don't like uh, I I can't. I don't actually. I can't remember how. Uh, you woke up one morning. There was a swan. And then you look to your right and there's an agency. Perfect. That the story's great. Uh Swan. <laughs> I, oh, it was like I, I think I emailed them about it, or they might have emailed me about it. Okay. It was an email, an email. Uh and yeah, that that's kind of how it happened. I mean, I've signed recently assigned to another one. Oh. Um which is is very exciting um but yeah it's it's just you know it's nice when you work on a project um and you don't have to deal with everything and you're not you know setting up meetings and doing all the kind of business stuff totally you just you just do the work and take the money and that's it yeah it's super nice I think that's great. And also like, you know, big kudos to you for sticking it through for so long when, you know, there didn't seem to be any light at the end of the tunnel when you're making no money and living in a falling apart house houseboat that's also a dream. Yeah. Um, it was, I think that's I think that it takes such like there's so much pressure to like get a stable job or like something that pays the bills and like not a lot of people take the risk and have the courage to you know just do the grind with no with nothing coming at them in the future like did you reach a point where you said like you know if I don't get something by the end of the year or something like that like I have to find a different opportunity of career path yeah yeah, there was definitely a time when, uh, you know, when I thought, well, if it doesn't get any better, I'm going to have to at least get a part-time job or something. Um, yeah. But it really was like, you know, it was quite a, a freeing existence, living on a boat and going to the studio and, uh, you know, making things. And it, it yeah, I mean, it was like I lived on land i lived in normal house just as the jobs started picking up and things started getting better um which which was which was nice you know yeah. uh but uh yeah i mean i think you know i i think i was just in a very privileged position to be able to do that because you know i was only really looking after myself yeah you know don't have any children I've got a cat um and yeah you know I understand that a lot of people can't do that wouldn't be able to live on a boat and and do that but uh yeah I, it, it, it was fun but I don't advise it <laughs> <laughs>
Great. Maybe after this episode comes up, you'll see a rise in boat animators. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. I, oh my god, I got a job through. Um, I got a job through that. Yeah, uh, I was. I moored up the boat, like on, on the canal. Yeah. Up, jump. I had a sign on the side of the boat that said, "Do you like stop motion animation? Follow me on Instagram." Wow. And this bloke who I moored up to happened to be an animation director. Just purely, he was just walking. You just literally were like tying a rope, and he was walking by. Yeah, he moored his boat next to mine. Oh, he also had a boat. Yeah. <laughs> what are the chances of that? So house houseboat stop motion is a thing in London. It sounds like. Apparently so. Yeah, I, I know another animator that lives on a boat, Isabel. Yeah, they're, apparently. They're, what? I've never yeah, heard of this before. I've talked to a lot of people from the UK, and nobody's ever mentioned the. The community of boat houseboat animators <laughs> yeah it was mad like we started talking and uh and we've like I, we still talk and we still kind of work on things together yeah um, and amazing i mean if i saw a sign anywhere that said do you like stop motion animation i would just instantly get in touch with that person because it's like such a rare unique same word uh personality of of person of breed of person that does stop motion and enjoys stop motion like i almost feel like i feel like there doesn't exist a stop motion animator at least in toronto that i don't know already just by association of like you know who we all know each other type of thing and if there is somebody in toronto that's stop motion animator then you listen to this and you know me get in touch <laughs> <laughs> wow houseboat animation i never would have thought to ask you about that point in your life just based on your your work yeah, it's it's there was a lot of you know a lot of people I met doing that were artists and musicians, uh, and animators and sort of creative types. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So so um you know, what is the state of where you're at now? Like, are you like, uh, I could it looks like some sort of studio that I'm looking at so is this your homes your living space like my living space like, like i just turned my bedroom into a stop motion studio or i go work in somebody else's stop motion studio like i, I like you know you you live on land now you're getting <laughs> work consistently in different areas you have your own studio is that is that amazing yeah that's it yeah um yeah it's a it's a studio it's i don't know how big it is i don't know how big it is but it's big enough yeah big and, enough it's just nice to be able to separate it, like to be able to go somewhere to work. Yes, I. Uh, that's the one thing I. I. So I, I mentioned like I turned my bedroom into a stop motion studio, basically, and I. Uh, it's not great on on my mentality when I'm animating in my bedroom and then like sleeping in there either, and I can't touch anything. It's not. It's not great. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, totally. I totally get that. But I, for me, like I haven't had enough consistent stop motion work for it to make sense for me to get a separate studio. Are you, is so like you have the studio year round or like you rent when you have like work or like, how does that work for you? Uh, yeah, I've got it year round. I've got it. Uh, I pay a monthly rent and I've got it all the time. It's open 24 hours, which is really good. And, um, yeah, it's it's I'd really because I, for a short time, I did do work in my room in my bedroom, um, 
but uh you know i just couldn't sustain that really yeah um and uh yeah it, it's it's i i i love it it's i used to work in a uh my old studio was in the basement of a shopping center and it didn't have any windows or any natural light perfect for stop motion it was perfect but it was like being in a prison or being a mole or something um so this one has got a window it's if you can that there. <laughs> is that like the classic like fire escape window like it's big enough for a human to like crawl through in case so. <laughs> but it's nice man like i can watch pigeons and see rooftops and hear rain you know it's it's good love it love it i mean uh as soon as you said you were in a, a suit like a, a shopping center i was thinking like you could just go upstairs and like have food court lunch and uh, go to the dollar store and buy some extra supplies easily and go back to prison <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, it did. It was like that. It was good. But uh, I just couldn't deal with, you know, because I'm there, you know, five days a week. It's like I couldn't deal with not yeah, yeah, yeah. being outside. So this place yeah. is perfect, really. That, that makes a lot of sense to me. So so like what are what like what is the You know, it sounds kind of like. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like you've kind of like arrived in a state that's like pretty good right now. Like you're getting work, you have a studio, like you went through a lot to get here. Like what is, what is, what is the thing you're still working towards? Is it to like stay in this state or is it like, you know, you mentioned a short film, but is it to work on like more and bigger things or produce something yourself or I don't know, try experiment with different mediums people aren't really doing. Like, I don't know, like what's, what is, now that you're kind of here, where where do you see yourself going? Um, that's a very good question. Everything you said, all of it. Great, um, I love it, perfect, okay. <laughs> I suppose I, 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 I you know, I, like I'm potentially doing a short film uh, mid of this year which is very fun and i'm going to be hopefully directing more live action stuff and more different types of animation so i think really i want to get into directing more um as opposed to doing everything on my own or with a few people um because as much as i, I love doing that it's like there's a lot of things that i'm not very good at um so and you know like I kind of hesitate to call myself an animator because I can't really, and I can do a little bit, but not, you know, there are some people that are are, are brilliant. Um, and I just like to do more directing and less doing everything um, on my own, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. That's really, that's, uh, it's interesting to me that you started off with Claymation, which is a very like do it by yourself uh medium and directing is like the opposite it's like involving a big team of people so um yeah that's i mean i don't know that i was just thinking that's interesting that you started off with something so solo and now you're moving into bigger projects yeah i think i just i love both of those things like i love doing stop motion because it is just me in a room with plasticine and it's very kind of meditative and you know kind of a more of a solo thing but then live action stuff like the music video i did a little while ago 
is really nice because it's a group of people and you're working together and you can collaborate yeah so i yeah i love both of those things you know uh that's allowed yeah, okay, yeah it's allowed I'm, <laughs> I'm glad yeah <laughs> cool well we've talked about quite a lot is there anything we didn't chat about yet or 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 anything that you wanted to add maybe as we're wrapping up a little bit here um most of the people i i interview say nope <laughs> no oh i i suppose the only thing what well, i just like thank you <laughs> thank you for doing this thank you so much um it's yeah i just love the podcast i it's yeah a lot of times i get emails i get messages from people asking about stop motion and how to get into it and i always send them your oh, podcast wow it's like there's so much information there and it's great um yeah oh, also if anyone is watching and they follow me on instagram thank you <laughs> thank you for all the support and everything um and um yeah that's it drink water i suppose <laughs> yeah that's that's, a, that's good that's good um, too yeah yeah amazing well thank you for saying that i i appreciate that a lot you know i've been Gosh, is this year six now? I think it is year six that I've been oh. doing this. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I love talking to people like you. I, I Especially because, uh, you know, when I started stop motion, it was a very solo thing and I didn't know anybody. And, and hearing other people's stories is so inspiring for me. And I learn something every time. And I, I feel compelled to get more serious about a short film and finding a producer after talking to you so that i'm taking away that (laughs) that's good you should i think you really should yeah i'll yeah i'm gonna start a campaign to make sure you do it okay oh no (laughs) you're gonna knock on my door (laughs) yeah i'll climb in through your kitchen window and just i'll go i'll go live on a houseboat in that case i'll run away (laughs) (laughs) well ali thank you Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. And, you know, thank you for following the podcast. And and uh, I really appreciate it. It's super, it's been super great to to chat with the brain behind the cute little stop motion frogs I see on, on Instagram <laughs> lately. <laughs> I hope we see more of those little clay boys coming yeah. up. Yeah, you might do soon, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. Cool. Well, thank you for coming on. And uh, if you're listening and you want to, follow or reach out to Ali, you can do so by checking out his website, which is Smile at the Moon Studios, or following him on, on Instagram, which is instagram.com slash smile at the moon underscore. And I'll include both those links in the description of this chat. So thank you so much for listening. And that's all for now. Okay, bye. The music for this podcast was composed by Willem Mendo and the graphics by Luhan Wang. I encourage you to look them up if you've enjoyed their work.